hello, we're back. We had a little break, but we're back. We did. I had a birthday and yeah, happy Nicole birthday, went Abby. home. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Um, are you feeling 22? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure before we move on. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we have two weeks of topics to talk about, and we're just going to get right into it because... It it was an interesting couple weeks. Yeah, for sure. It was like not anything huge, huge, huge happened, but a lot of little really interesting things that we're going to dive into a little bit today. So I think we're going to get started with more of a like nitty gritty um, industry topic, Mm -hmm. which we're going to talk about Megan Thee Stallion and how she was fighting with her record label about releasing her music. Um, Yep. So we'll just like get right into it. Basically, if you don't know Megan Thee Stallion... Uh, some of her biggest hits are Hot Girl Summer. Yeah. I don't know any of her other, like, hits, hits. So I think she had a song on the, um, Birds of Prey soundtrack. The oh, yes, Harley yes, yes. Quinn movie, the I one believe. that just came out. So people were really into that one, but also she just released an EP called, I think it's Sugar. Yes, on Friday. On Friday. Yeah, I think it has that's the, um, song from the Harley Quinn soundtrack on it. So, and it's got some features and stuff. So it's not anything like too huge or long, but um, it was basically a winding road to get to the release of it. And we yeah. got to, you know, see a little bit of a peek behind the curtains um, the preceding week because she had a lot of drama with her record label and ultimately ended up suing them. So, yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing started on March 1st. When she went live on Instagram saying that her label wanted to stop her from releasing this this album. I almost said EP again. This album. Mm. Um, which is, I think it's pretty crazy that it was all um, solved, resolved. You very know, quickly. Quickly. Because usually, if two things are known for being very slow, it's the music industry and the law. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the government. Um so yeah, so it it was I'm reading this from a pitchfork article that we will link, but um she is signed to 1501 Certified Entertainment, which I believe is distributed through 300 Entertainment. Yeah, it's very Or maybe the other way around, honestly. Confusing. I'm not I don't sure. Know. Um copyright is that 1501 Certified Entertainment is under exclusive license to 300 Entertainment. Gotcha. So lawyers do with that what you will. But the the main kind of group in question here is 1501. So we're going to kind of focus on that. That was the one she kept calling out specifically. That was the one she seemed to be more so beefing with. Um, but I think she also has a uh, management deal with Rock Nation. She does. Yeah. So... On March 1st, she went live on Instagram talking about 1501 is blocking me from releasing my new music, which we now know is this album that came out two days ago. Um, And then apparently she she sued them a day later and it was also resolved a day later. Yeah. A Texas judge granted her a temporary restraining order against the label, allowing her to release Sugar. But the courtroom drama is likely just beginning. So maybe it was, uh, yeah, it was temporary, I guess, maybe because it was rushed because she was like, I want to release this on Friday. Although I really don't understand how it would be that quick. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but um, (laughs) yeah, basically there's probably going to be more drama down the line. It's not fully resolved. It was just resolved enough to get this album out. Um, But so odd we i don't first, know where we'll go from here i first saw that there was free megan like yeah. trending or yeah. free the stallion right trending right. on twitter and i was really confused about that so then i went over to her and Inst- i don't follow her on instagram but i went over to her instagram and saw that she was doing an instagram live and i was like oh god and <laughs> <laughs> i guess it started because people were commenting about how she was uh riaa certified platinum for hot girl summer mm. for big old freak and one more and for fever and then people were saying you know release more music why aren't you releasing music and she quoted one of the tweets and said i'm gonna talk about this on live later dot 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 and so then people were 
basically going, what's going on? Free her after. So she must have said something in the live in the live stream on Instagram about right. it. Yeah. And then people started calling out Taylor on this. Yeah, that's what's great. So basically the Swift. Yeah. <laughs> well, like before we get into the Taylor portion, I just want to say that a big part of what Megan was tweeting about um, after she went live yeah. was how she's 25 now, but she signed this contract when she was 20 and she said she was young and naive. Right. Um, when she signed to 1501 and the company took complete advantage of her and fraudulently induced her to enter into the contract. That contract, her um, lawyer alleges, is not only entirely unconscionable, but ridiculously so. So they're basically saying that technically uh, 1501 has the right to stop her from releasing music or do whatever is stipulated in the contract. But we kind of know that morally a lot of record labels do this to take advantage of young people who don't understand contracts and can't, you know, read through them and actually understand what they're getting themselves into. And she quoted a tweet. Someone tweeted back at her and said the, the tweet originally says mm-hmm. she literally said she didn't read her first contract. Right. How about that. you stop trying to look at her situation to promote your hypothetical and realize she put herself in a hole. She quoted it and said, it's not that I literally didn't read it. Exactly. It's that I didn't understand, understand some of the it. verbiage at the time. And now that I do, I just want it corrected, which happens to so many. That people. is like the story of the whole music industry. And that's why you have to, it feels like you have to be a lawyer in order to understand these contracts yeah, because <laughs> of the way that they're worded. And we've taken two like law classes right. so that we can understand what they're saying. But right. they write them that way so that you don't know what you're entering yourself into, especially as a 20-year-old. Exactly. And a young person who just wants to make their art and is maybe struggling to make ends meet and they will right. do anything to get some sort of recognition, some sort of advance, a nice pretty check at first. But right. it's really nothing compared to what they could be getting when all these royalties are taken away through 360 deals. Well, um, and it's definitely hard to yeah. realize your worth when you're not big yet. So she didn't exactly. become big until like two years ago. Pretty recently, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so right. once when you're in that stage of wow, these things are happening and I haven't, I have a chance. You're not going to, you're not going to pass it up. Exactly. And so now that that's she, how the Beatles lost their publishing. Right. And it's hard Literally. because these contracts are five to seven years when you first yep. sign them and you don't know what's going to happen in those five it's to seven so years. They don't know what's going to happen in those five Everything to seven years. They can drop you. Yep. Anytime you they can't want. drop them. Anytime they want. Yeah. It is not mutual like that. No. Um, and that's so, why in her 73 questions with Vogue, when they asked, um, oh, I didn't watch it. No, what were Taylor's when they asked, oh, um, I thought you were talking about Megan. No, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Taylor's, um, they asked her, what, what advice do you have for someone who wants to be an artist? She said, get a good lawyer. Right. And people use that <laughs> as like a give all the time because it's just such a Taylor thing to say, but it's also so accurate. Yeah. It is the advice I would give. Get a good freaking lawyer. Yeah. Because everyone will try to take advantage of a young, talented person. It's very, so, yeah. I think that's sad. why people were trying to like rope Taylor in because they know that right. she kind of believes in this stuff. But it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, in this case, I feel like defending Taylor because. <laughs> well, it's not her ballgame. She, she does. What is she going to do? Nothing. What, is she She's above the law? Like, yeah. So, I mean, is it wrong? Absolutely. Do I wish Megan all the best? For sure. But that's just not how it works. Taylor Swift yeah. can't snap her fingers and make it all go away. If she could, she would own her masters instead, you know. of, instead of Scooter. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I said the same thing when the Zane thing happened, which is yeah. way lower stakes because it was just rumors. Nothing right. legit. Nothing happened. Yeah. So, but- Taylor has already spoken up about these things. She uses herself as a case study and then says, but guys, this happens to all young artists across all genres throughout the entire history of the music industry. And uh, it's time we put an end to that. You know, that was her sticking up. So don't say stick up now. She can't stick up all the time. She's got a life. she got things to do. It's a bigger problem. She did already. It shows how antiquated the music industry is. Exactly. And that's the bigger problem. And I don't want to... I hate that we have to keep saying this is the practice. Right. But we need a change for that practice. Exactly. And that's what she stands for. 
what right. Taylor Swift is standing for. Right. And it's so difficult because in a way we're jaded because we know exactly. we know what goes on behind the scenes because yep. we're learning about what goes on behind the scenes and a lot of these artists have no idea. Yeah, exactly. We were Abby and I were doing some research before briefly and we were like, oh, yeah, the label can totally do that. And then we're like, oh, right. And the industry's really fucked up and it's right. wrong that they can totally do that it's, within the law. It's awful that <laughs> it's they can awful. it's awful that they can do that. But when they use these big words that you have to have a law degree or at least a music industry degree to understand <laughs> what's going least. on. <laughs> yeah. It's awful for the regular person who may not be doing well, may not be able to afford their own music and is seeing this advance, these thousands of dollars that they get in the beginning thinking this is amazing, I can make what I want. And then three years down the road, you can't make what you want yep. because you owe the record label money because of X, Y, and Z. So yeah, it's a very complicated situation. And I, again, we see, it seems like we defend the music industry a lot, but right. it's more that these are things that have been going on for decades and that need to be stopped absolutely yeah i definitely think that it's kind of good that these cases are getting a lot of publicity because hopefully hopefully major labels and indie labels alike will see it and say okay they're starting to figure our game out and maybe offer people more fair contracts that's a very optimistic view and the cynical side of me thinks it's never going to happen but hopefully that's the hope so it's hard because the music industry is so 1% 1% versus 99%. Oh, yeah. It's a great <laughs> microcosm for that. Yeah. 1,000%. And <laughs> coming from the bottom, right. where we are right now, it feels very hard to say that things are going to change. Right. Just because we see the... It's changing with the old white men. It's becoming women now. Right. But it's still these. It's still the same structure. Right. It's still the top people are getting the hundreds of thousands of dollars and the people, Mm -hmm. the artists at the bottom aren't seeing any sort of return. Yeah. The artists, the songwriters, and even I'll throw our names into the (laughs) the interns (laughs) and the interns and the assistants. (laughs) Yeah. And so it, it does, it does bring us some sort of cynical view. Yeah, for sure. Especially when we're seeing the kids in that are younger than us trying to you know, get their co-ops and complain yep. that they're unpaid or, yep. or that they're all fighting for the same co-op at Spotify that none of them are going to get oh because God. it's nepotism and the only person that gets it is the niece or nephew of the person that runs the department. But, you know, it's it's the way that it is and unfortunately that's the way that it is and we're trying to see beyond it. But you yeah. become a little bit cynical. I'm cynical, but I'm a little more like I'm, I just like to say realistic. Let's I, say realistic. Okay, we'll we'll change the cynical to realistic. <laughs> I genuinely do want to change it because I say yeah. this all the time. Take an artist like Megan The Stallion, incredibly talented. I can't do what she does. Right. I can't rap. I can't write. Right. So we need to protect those people and support them and make sure they understand what contract they're signing and they yeah. understand what a 360 deal is and all this and that. That's that's my goal is at least if the if the uh, antiquated unfair contracts don't go away to at least be able to steer artists away from them and get the best contract possible. Right. And it's hard just because the entertainment lawyers – I don't want to say cost a lot, but they do cost a lot. Oh, absolutely. You can't always have, you can't have it. You can't have it. So it's very difficult to have that back, backbone and knowing what you're doing. It seems so much easier to just be like, oh, I'll just sign whatever I get. And then you end up in this situation. Well, and another person was saying, you know, you don't read that contract that Apple gives you when you sign up for iTunes. Right. (laughs) You just hit terms. You just hit. Terms and condition. Yeah. So. I mean, my mom's a lawyer and she reads everything. Right. Everything. So I feel like even I'm in a privileged place to be able to say she probably would stop me from signing anything dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's obviously a privilege because it's free. Right. (laughs) But um, not everybody has that. And it leads to situations like this one. Yeah. So we just need to change the way that the music industry deals with it. I think. Yeah. Instead of putting artists in a hole, we should be celebrating them and the fact that we can make money from them doing the things that they do right. should be celebrated instead of punished in a way. Absolutely. I totally agree. Her new EPs, sorry, I keep saying EP. Her new album's really great. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And there will probably be more 
news developing in the yeah. story because she has more hearings um set. this week it says yeah 13th. this week yeah so we we will update you guys as we learn more about the situation yeah but that's what it is right now we're gonna move away to some more exciting things that aren't legal yeah <laughs> we'll talk about some releases that came out uh lady gaga released a song it's, it's called stupid love and, and it's so freaking good. We listened to it. I hadn't heard it because for some reason I live under a rock. I don't know. <laughs> um, I hadn't heard it until before we started recording. And it very much, Nicole was saying, is a return to form. Mm. It's very much Lady Gaga 2011 meat dress situation. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. It's so great. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. And it really proves how versatile she is she exactly. can do she can do classic like jazz inspired jazz. vocals i'll like just say that i'm so biased towards tony bennett i love him cutie he's a cute little i love him yeah i work with him at work yeah he's so cool he's oh cooler God. than most people know he fought nazis yeah he's real. a good guy he paints like he does so much more than just sing he's touring at 90 freaking three he's crazy 93 yeah i love Tony. So him and, him and Betty White will never die. Yeah. Oh my God. Literally. So, anyways, yeah. I think Chica Joanne Chica, was great. a was a return to her Juilliard days, kind of. Yeah. Good point. Um, I think that this single follows art pop. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It, are it, you saying it? It. It's expected. It's what you expected after it's art. It's what pop? I would have expected after art. Right. Pop. For sure. I mean, a lot of people usually like the Gaga haters say that art pop quote-unquote flopped oh but the gaga lovers say that art pop is her best album right and so that they say that since art pop flopped and i'm putting it in quotes because it flopped for her standards but not really right then she was like oh i'm gonna do a full 180 and go do a jazz album with tony bennett and go do um joanne and go do a star is born the truth is that Cheek to Cheek was in the works before Art Pop came out, so that's not a great argument, Gaga haters. Sorry. <laughs> but um, I've never been one to defend Gaga, but I'm just, like, feeling it today. Um. <laughs> I think she's one of the most talented musicians of our generation. I, she's so amazing. Just, if you haven't seen Five Foot Two, you should watch it. I was going to mention it. It's her uh, Netflix documentary it's that documentary. came out after Joanne, I believe. Like, a few months after Joanne came. Yes. Or around Joanne. And it came she, out. It came out like a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I we were freshmen, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And so she um, talks a lot in that documentary about how oh everything I did was crazy. I wore the craziest outfits. I wore the meat dress, all that stuff. And she's like, now I want to just strip it back. And that's exactly what she did on Joanne. Well, and it talks about how she, the way that she did the the thing she did, what she did was because the record label was expecting things from her. Exactly. That's what and she so then she's like, I'll she, give you what you want, but I'll put a twist. So on it. now that she had established herself, she's like, I am what was she 30 when 30 right. something when she did the doc. I don't remember how pretty she sure was. she was around. She was like around 30. Yeah. She was saying, you know, I've grown into myself as an artist and right. I want to I want to really honor that. And so that's when Joanne came out, which she states is like the real expression of her art in a way yeah and so songs you might know from joanne are like million reasons which mm -hmm. was obviously really big and it peaked after her um super bowl halftime performance and john wayne was a big one on there too. john wayne was a big one she had a collaboration with i want to say florence and the machine i think florence um, it was just it's it was just, florence. just florence welsh on here this I'm is, this is right true now. yes um and so you know I saw a lot of Gaga fans kind of after Art Pop happened just really closely watch what she was doing and talking about this is so calculated, but in a good way, the good kind of calculated yeah. because, you know, people didn't like Art Pop. Fine. You could argue that. So she said, OK, I'm going to give you the one of the best Super Bowl performances you've ever seen. Right. And I'm going to star in an amazing movie where I'm an, a much more amazing actress than anybody expected and right. write these number one songs and I'm going to win a Grammy and I'm going to win an Oscar right. and a Golden Globe and all this stuff. And she's very close to her EGOT. She really is. And so she proved, I think she can get it in a few years down the line. Yeah. And so she proved herself and now she can kind of do whatever she wants. And this is yeah. what she wants. And I think that a lot, of, a lot of the criticism from art pop was that she's still doing what the record label wanted her to do from mm. born this way and from yeah. 
from those albums before the fame monster was her like big album yeah. the first one that was very much like record label driven right and so i think that once she transitioned over to cheek to cheek people were like this is who she is she mm. was a class she's a classically trained musician right this is expressing she who she is she, she can got a sing. voice on her yeah. but the other thing that people were overlooking that we find out during joanne is that she was struggling with a lot of addiction and a lot yes. of mental illness and so and physical illness i believe right and so I think she has fibromyalgia. Yeah. And so once Joanne comes out you and you see that movie, you realize, you know, Joanne really is her – who she is. And it describes yeah. a lot of her pain and a lot of the things. And, yeah. and when she was writing these earlier albums, she says, like, she was high writing right. them. Like, she was on heavy Which drugs. makes sense when you think about it. Right. But she was on heavy drugs when she's writing all of these songs. And, mm-hmm. and Joanne is the first album that she's writing as sober and as a person. Yeah. And it's very personal. Even the name, it's her middle name. And, you know, she she was she got that name from her aunt who I believe like died when she was 19, like well before Gaga was born. Right. And they touch on that a bit in the in the documentary Mm. and she wanted to honor her. So, I mean, that alone, that backstory alone. Right. Is, you know, is very telling. Yeah. But I do really like the new song, Stupid Love. It's it is very pop. Very pop. Yeah. What What did you do right when you heard oh, it? Oh, right when I heard it, I put on a workout playlist because it really, it has that, like, I just want to dance to it groove. Exactly. And I think that that's kind of what she needed to come out of the Star is Born era. Yep. For sure. It's it's very, you you hear it and it's the kind of song you just have to move to. It's and I, so good. It, I think it's super important for her to, you know, reintroduce herself because yep. everyone is thinking of her as the girl that sings Shallow, basically. Yep. 100%. And Definitely, that's where she is at right now. And it's hard to come back from that as an artist. I think exactly. it's easy to go into it because you have those fans that are going to support you whatever you do. Yeah. And I think that artist like her, Sarah Bareilles, is, yep. is kind of on that same plane with her. Um, going into Waitress and now right. that Waitress is ending, it's what is Sarah Bralis going to do next? Right. And it's like people probably predict, you know, oh, she's just going to go into doing more adult contemporary stuff and catering right. more to the, you know, older crowd or whatever. No one really knows. Right. They were just guessing. And mm. um, I think this is a good. This is what she did instead. I think so. this is good. And I think it brings, I think her fans, her fans have been waiting for new music from her since 2016. So Exactly. It's a long time. Like they, they did get the soundtrack. But even but that I think is that a lot of them weren't. I think a lot of the diehard Gaga oh, yeah, fans sure. weren't as excited about it because 100%. it's not her. It's just unfortunately, it's, Allie. it's the what third or fourth redo of yeah, Stars yeah. Born. Yeah, no, so it's sure. not anything new. It's not something that we right. I mean, and in terms of her almost like scorecard, nothing could have been better. She got another number one hit from it, right? And she got all these Grammy noms, Oscars, like. It, it just it, it did a lot for her on paper. Oh, totally. But we were really excited to hear something different from Lady Gaga, not from Stephanie. Exactly. Which I feel like that movie is very Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie Alley, same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she also announced her new album is called Chromatica, and it's coming out I think April tenth. There's a um, lot of interesting visuals for it. Yeah, it's so far it's very pink. Super pink, super like girl power, yeah. like headdress, like an alien type of thing. Yeah, the music very, video like, for "Stupid Love" is um, it's very odd. It's very like intergalactic. Like, it's I don't ve- know how to describe it's, it. It's very art pop esque. Yes, it's like art pop plus. I think it's a different era for her, but I mm. think that it goes with that good way to describe idea. It, yeah. So obviously, it's going to be in the new era. Yeah. Um. But it kind of <laughs> reminded me of that movie from Disney Channel, Xenon. Oh, my God. But yes, you're right. Yeah. I see when it. I watched it, I was I like, ooh, this is very, like, woman warrior. Yeah. Now. And, I mean, she looks amazing. And, like, even her um, aesthetic this era, she's got, like, long straight hair, which is what I always associate with, like, Just Dance and Poker Face. Yeah. And it's pink, which is very. But it's pink. So it's, like. Different. What she was with a twist. Yeah, you know? I like it. I love that. I'm so excited for this new album. I have a gut feeling that it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, and she announced yeah. a tour, too. Oh, that's right. Only a few dates, but yeah. yeah. It looks like City – it's it's through – it's like one of those like City pre-sale things that starts yeah, – yeah. it started yesterday when we were recording this. Yeah. But it's called 
the chromatica ball. Yeah, that's her thing is to do ball. She did the right. monster ball and stuff. Right, right. So that's her thing. And um, it's only like six cities, I think. It looks like, like it's it's like New York, Toronto, in, London. Yeah. Only three in the US. Like, so she's. Yeah. New York, LA, Toronto, London. But again, London. it's kind of like, okay, now you have all these number ones and all these awards. You can kind of do whatever you want. You I know? mean, she I could really that. do whatever she wanted I mean, anyway. It's, that's true. It's the same thing where I think we talked about the, I think about this with um, people like, actually like Selena Gomez, who like suffers from lupus. So right. it's better for her to do less shows. And that's what Gaga's doing, like, less shows to bigger audiences because I believe they're stadiums. Right. At least the ones in the U.S. So it's, like, because she does have – Gaga does have, like, physical problems where she, her right. body is in pain a lot. Yeah. And yet she's so well-known for her dancing. And so her her dancing, it can't really be top-notch if, you know, she's doing a show, like, every single night and never has any time to let her body rest. Right. So I think it's, you know – quality over quantity so I'm well glad she's doing i also think it's interesting that she's doing few shows and even taylor's doing an east and a west coast thing yeah with taylor she says it's a little bit more because of her mother right but i'm just illness. thinking that i understand that yeah. but i do feel like giving these smaller shows mm-hmm. or giving these smaller opportunities it's like a smaller number of shows giving these smaller opportunities bigger. makes it it's supply and demand yeah and it, okay, so now I'm that seeing too. the actual list because I didn't know what it actually was. Yeah. So it looks like it's Paris and London in July. Yep. Boston, Toronto, Chicago, and New Jersey. Which is basically so New MetLife. Yeah, MetLife is well um, New York. It just says New Jersey, so I'm assuming it's yeah, MetLife. Yeah, it's MetLife. And I then I tickets on sale. I got an email about it or something. And then it says July 24th to August 19th, but I don't understand. LG dash six. So this must be what's coming. Like it says yeah. four dates, but it doesn't give locations. Well, four, no, the four dates are the the four that are in North America. Oh, it's above. Okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah, reading yeah, this yeah. down. No, so like, actually the graphic is very confusing. It's very confusing. Like it's not you. <laughs> it's um very, you know. So the tour artsy, itself. But it's the glue. Okay. <laughs> so it's LG six. The tour itself is July yeah, 24th, uh, August 19th. I was misunderstanding what that part meant. Yeah. It's just like supposed to be. Very artsy. And yeah. So it's. We it's, can count that it's four dates, but it it's says four, four dates, dates in the US, one in Paris, one in London. Yeah, exactly. Which or is. technically three in the US and one in Canada. Okay. <laughs> four in North America. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's really exciting. I'm really, really excited to hear the album coming in April. Should be really good. In about a month. Yeah. So very very exciting stuff with gaga i highly suggest you check out the song stupid love if you haven't already it's a bop it's a bop (laughs) took the words out of my mouth so let's get to it so let's get to it the next thing that we were going to talk about was another like article um Normani from originally from Fifth Harmony. Yeah, we can just touch on this for a little bit. Yeah. So (laughs) there was an, it was an interview. Yeah, Rolling Stone interview. With Rolling Stone. And I saw it and I was like, Nicole, oh my God, the (laughs) tea. Um, Basically, she spilled a little bit of tea about Camila Cabello, who also comes from Fifth Harmony. And She's kind of widely accepted as the Beyonce of the group because she is the one with the most solo success. She's also the one who left first. In that right. sense, she's the Zane of the group. <laughs> Lots of different things that you could call her. Sure. <laughs> um, and she's had, you know, number one hits. She's had a PR relationship with Shawn Mendes, performed at the Grammys, all these things. Um, and yet Normani is kind of killing it just as much, if not more, and she gets way less recognition. So I think I really think that it's because, unfortunately, Normani's on RCA, which is a bigger oh, that's right, record yeah. label than Epic is. Yeah, and Epic is uh, they're both under Sony. Normani's yep. on RCA, which is my favorite record label under Sony, but Camila is on Epic, and Epic has less. Epic puts, like, everything into Camila. Yeah, like, Epic I mean, has less right. – yeah, they have less acts. So I think that they yeah. focus more on the bigger ones, which right. would be Camila, because she was coming from – And, like, DJ Khaled. <laughs> right, from a big pop group. Exactly, so yeah. we're we're looking at this article. It's all about how Normani felt like 
Because she's releasing new music on her own, on her solo. Yeah, she's coming her, out with an album. The single that she released a while ago, Motivation, is really good. And Motivation the video was so is really good. good. She does this really cool thing with a basketball where she like bounces it off her butt. I yeah. mean, enough said. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> Everyone was like, did she really it's very, do that? It's very like 90s R&B hip hop Yeah, exactly. But like Ariana co-wrote it. So it's just got like that piece of today and yesterday. And it's just such a great song. Mm. And it made a lot of people really excited to see her kind of be the next big thing in pop. Right. Um, But yeah, no album out yet. But she's releasing one soon. You know, she also was on a track with... um. Megan the Stallion, now that we mention it, um, on the Birds of Prey soundtrack mm. called Diamonds. Um, so that's exciting. But uh, but yeah, she's had other big collaborations with um Khalid and Sam Smith as well. Right. So she's like her name's out there, and there's a lot of hype, and she opened up for Ariana Grande on tour. Uh, but for some reason it it's like something is like keeping her from being Camilla level, I guess. Um, and they obviously yeah. touch on it a bit in the in the article that the disgusting truth is that she was the only one in the group getting, like, all this hate online. Like, the most hate online. And unfortunately, it's because of the color of her skin. It was all, like, racially motivated comments mm-hmm. towards her from trolls, but still doesn't really matter and um you know she kind of says in this article that nobody else in the group really stood up for her and like or they did and it just like it didn't it wasn't the proper way and you know a lot of stuff that is just like really hard for us to comprehend because you know we're looking at this group and it just seems like it's about you know who can who has the most talent and who can sing the best and who can dance the best but then you're like, wait, no, it's about a lot more than that. And it's really, really scary to be reminded of the really fucked up world that we still live in. And yeah. on top of all of that, um, Camilla was like recently exposed as using some racial, racial slurs, slurs on in, her Tumblr in like years ago. But when still. she was 14. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is like a pretty common thing. I think people... That hap- that happens. Like people find it, and then it, they that person gets canceled. Like that's a thing yeah that cancel happens. culture, cancel culture. Um, but it's hard yeah. because in this article they're talking about Normani, but they're really focusing on Fifth Harmony. And I was like, can we not do that? As yeah, much as it's possible? like expected, but also annoying. <laughs> right, and so then they're talking about how. Camila came under fire about p- posting racial slurs and memes on her personal Tumblr, mm-hmm. um, and that. You know, Normani is a strong black woman. Right. And, and she, so they were asking her her response to this, basically. Right. And she said that she had talks with Camila. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote the article I'm looking at right now. Yeah. It says, as a black woman with young black fans, she wants to be concise with how she addresses it. I just want to make sure that anything I say is exactly what I mean. She offers. I'll get back to you on that. So it's hard for her to comment because. Yeah. They're basically like, oh, you're the point person because you're right. black. Exactly. Yeah. They're Which like, is oh, tell awful. Us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it's awful that she had to go through that too. It's yeah. like this person that I used to be in in a group, a group with. with is and like, racist. again, keep, keep in mind that they were one of those Frankenstein mishmash groups, right? Um, like One Direction, who it was like, they were on the X Factor. You girls can't make it individually, but as a group, you can make it. So they didn't know each other before their X Factor interview. Right. Uh, interview, listen to me. Um, auditions and that, you know, enough said there. Yeah. Like we saw the same thing kind of happen with with like One Direction and back in the day they did that with like InSync and stuff. Right. One would audition in Orlando. Um, but yeah, one thing I really loved, and I think it just, it speaks to who Normani is as a person and she's, you know, so young. I think she's two years older than us and Mm. she really showed her maturity in this, in this article because after the quote you just said where she is like, I really want to, um, think, you know, I'll get back to you on that. I want to think before I say something. Right. It then says in the article and she does get back to me in writing after deliberating for a few weeks so she she went and thought about it she thought about it and actually went back and emailed the person who was writing this article Mm -hmm. 
to say how she felt. And I just think that is so mature to not only like think before you speak in person, because it's so easy when you're talking to a journalist to just be like, here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to just say it and it might be offensive or wrong or whatever. So to have, first of all, to have the self-control to not say anything. You know. And then also to be mature enough to go back and be like, I said I would get back to you, so I'm going to actually get back to you. Like, mm. I feel like a lot of people would have just dropped the ball and been like, no I'm comment. not even going to go there. No right. comment. You right. Know? So I just thought that was very telling about her. Like, she seems, she seems so smart to me. You know what I mean? Oh, she totally. so intelligent. Like, which not that I thought she was like dumb or anything, but like I just didn't know that about yeah. her because I just didn't know much about her because she's been overshadowed. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. And so I really feel very excited for her career after reading this article. I think she she's so talented. Well, I knew that already that she was so talented and her music's great, but now I feel like she's really ready to she has like star power now. I agree with that. And I think that the way that she addressed it, she's very well spoken. She really is. And this I mean, I guess it's an email, so I guess it wasn't well spoken, but well written. Still, like she knows she yeah the time and the place to do these things. Which is very mature. mature. So I I can't I really can't wait to see what she comes and comes up with. And the title of this album is a pop or the title of the article is a pop perfectionist (laughs) makes her move. I was like, you saw that. I don't know that. I don't know. So I think that she's going to be great. Yeah, we're really excited to hear more from Normani. And you can check out her song, Motivation, and all her music on Spotify or wherever you listen. (laughs) It's International Women's Day, so go listen. Oh, yeah. When we're recording this, it is. Um, Speaking of International Women's Day, the next thing I want to talk about is the newest music video for Miss Taylor Swift for a song called The Man. The Man. This video is very special. Well, first of all, I want to say that even though I'm not the biggest fan of the album Lover, I do think it has some bops on it. The Man is one of them. I think that song slaps. I really, yeah, that's one of the songs I that I really like. One. Like, it's really good. And I, the first time I heard it, I was like, this is so perfect for radio. Like, it's just so, it's so catchy, but the lyrics are so, I guess, deep is the only word I can think of. They're very, very good, insightful lyrics about sexism in the music industry specifically, um, just with a really great track under it, like a really great pop song that touches on these important issues. And so, of course, you knew she was going to go all out for the music video. And yes, dress up like a man. (laughs) I didn't at first realize that it, like, that the guy was her. Yeah, me, me either. I kept waiting for her to show up. I was like, where's Taylor? All but, I see is this guy. And then I'm looking, well, and I'm looking at her Twitter right now because she did tweet like behind the scenes. Yeah. She and she did. said it took five hours for them to do her makeup. Well, did you watch the video all the way through to the end? Because, yeah. Yeah. It shows the thing at the end where, you know, it shows the progression of them putting the makeup on right, her. Right. But and, five hours. Yeah. It was not a quick no. thing. It was not a quick hair and makeup. I mean, they tease. They really transformed They her. tease the video in her documentary mm. they tease like how they're they show um the me music video like yeah, the making yeah. it and they they she talks about how she's coming up with some really great right, right some really amazing music video so i was looking forward to it yeah me too i kind of always knew that if this song was indeed a single that it would have a killer video oh and it definitely it. delivers and she looks damn good as a man really does, yeah and you know what i think is the most is is like the thing that kind of concealed her um, identity the most is the eyes because they're not blue. She's wearing contacts. She's wearing like brown eye contacts. Yeah. And so that we all know, you know, Taylor is known for her blonde hair, blue eyes. So I think that's what really threw me off. It's pretty crazy what makeup can do. And then the funniest thing is I, oh my God, you have to watch the behind the scenes video because she's in the makeup but she's talking in her normal voice and it's the most mind fucking thing ever. I'm looking it's at so she, weird. She tweeted it and I'm looking at like without the volume on. Yeah. And yeah. she's doing it on the subway. It looks like and the people sitting there are like what is going on? Yeah. So she's like obviously in the video. She is doing man mannerisms to sell that she is a man. But she obviously struggles with that because she's not a man. And um, that's the whole that's also the whole point. The whole point. But yeah, she's like, oh, I don't know how to do this. I've never like grabbed my underwear and public before and I don't know how to sit and so you know it shows her struggling 
to figure that out but while in the man costume and she looks just like a man so it's almost it's like it's just very weird she kind of looks like scott disick i was thinking that (laughs) i see that i see it i do so I really do. If you haven't seen the music video, go watch it. It's honestly yeah, a masterpiece. Sorry to spoil it, but it's a masterpiece, of course. I mean, I think you would have been able to figure yeah, it out. I wasn't too surprised, but um, yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't look like her. And she directed it. I think it was the first time she solely directed a video. She's mm-hmm. co-directed in the past. Um, Interesting. So that's really cool. It was like a good one to be her her first solo directorial debut, because um, it's such a great video mm-hmm. and. Yeah, definitely watch watch the video, but also watch the behind the scenes because it's very, very, very funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then the other music video we're going to talk about is the Harry Styles Falling music yes. video. Um, It's just beautiful. <laughs> it's – I don't want to, like, give too much away. But it's basically him playing the piano and Falling is a very emotional song. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how – it's it's a breakup song and it's talking about how he doesn't know that he can go on with life and basically he's drowning in the music video very slowly. Ooh. So the film is the the way that it's filmed is that there's water coming in and then like the last scene is him just like floating. And I really want to know so I want to know how they did it. <laughs> if it's like actual water or yeah, how they did it behind the scenes because the, there's a hosier behind the scenes of when he did a music video underwater yeah, too say, or when he did his photo shoot underwater the, for the yeah, cover the shoot, yeah. and he was in a pool right. and his mom took those photos oh wow yeah his mom's a photographer um so the harry styles one is very it's like it's just sad you know it's it got me my feels i cried a little bit at work it's just beautiful there's light that's pouring in from like a broken dilapidated window and there's a chandelier and at the end everything is floating and it ends with a close-up on his face and it's just very emotional. And he's wearing this long, like, Gucci. They, like, tweeted about it that it's from their new collection. And they, like, did all. It's basically like, like a Gucci ad, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's just so aesthetically pleasing. It really is. It. It's like a, it looks like a Renaissance painting or something. It does. And, um, I, yeah, I think that's really, really cool. And it, it kind of reminds me of, um. Britney Spears' music video for um, Every Time, where she, like, dies in a bathtub. Yeah, I mean, it's very <laughs> reminiscent. I think that the the whole symbolism of it is the water representing right. change and all right, of that. Right, um, sure. And he also announced that he's doing shows at Madison Square Garden on Halloween. Oh, he's calling right. it Harryween. That's right. And he's very doing exciting. two shows. He's doing one in London, I think. Mm. Or he's doing two nights in Madison Square Garden, and I think he's doing the same thing in London, unless I'm wrong. Um but I know he's doing it at Madison Square Garden yeah, with Orville Peck, who's the country singer with the mask. Right, right. So, I mean, I I, I wish I could <laughs> go. go. Yeah, I, was gonna say. I don't. Mm, I yeah. think the travel's not an issue. It's the price. It's the price. It's I looked one show. Well, I and looked and it's expensive and they already right, went on course. sale. Right. They went on sale on Friday. And yeah, I mean, I'm seeing I'm seeing him in June. So right now, unfortunately, it yeah, is not I mean, something that I can swing. I mean, you're getting you're getting her hairstyles fixed in June. Yeah, it's not like you've never seen them before. Like it's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's a whole there thing. There will be videos. There will be videos. Yeah. It's it'll be a whole thing. Harry Ween. Harry Ween. It's very clever. Very. It's very good to um kind of capitalize off everybody's excitement for Halloween. Honestly. People love Halloween. People do, and it's you're supposed to dress up to go. Right, of course, yeah. Makes I'm looking sense. right now to see if it's sold out, and it's I think it's only resale. Mm. And the tickets start at $580. Aww. In case you were wondering. It's like jump change. Just kidding. That's yeah, very, very like expensive. Madison Square Garden's expensive regardless. Like right, a normal seat I there mean, is two hundred dollars. Iconic venue. So. so I mean, no, I'm not going. Do I wish I was going? Yes. Do I have? Do I work a part time job that I get paid minimum wage? Yeah. Do I have <laughs> loans I need to pay when I graduate? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Abby's not going. Maybe next Halloween, Harry. Maybe next Halloween. <laughs> um. Next thing I wanted to get into was Katy Perry. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Katy so, Perry released a song. Yeah, her song is called Never Worn White, and it's 
basically about marriage, I guess, because she's engaged to be married to Orlando Bloom. Right. Um, I don't get it, though. I didn't has... know that she was engaged. Yeah, I feel like she's been on and off with him for a while. But, yeah. Um, she has worn white, though. Right? She was married to Russell Brand. Was she married to Russell Brand? She was. I don't know if she wore white or if they eloped or something and she was wearing a like blue wig in a candy outfit but she definitely was married before because that's what her her movie part of me is all about is how he like wanted to get a divorce while she was on the road touring in like asia or something Mm. it was real emotional and um was that a fever dream like i thought they were married and then divorced. (laughs) so right so i'm looking at a something now and it says this begs a question what color was Perry's wedding dress when she was married when she married Russell Brand exactly it says the wedding reportedly mixed traditional Hindu and South Asian customs with Perry's Catholic upbringing throughout the ceremony but that's such a technicality for the ceremony Perry wore a traditional wedding gown made by Lebanese designer Ellie Saab Mm -hmm. the dress came from a 2010 how couture collection and was a dove gray color with lace sleeves, intricate embellishments, and a subtle sparkle. Okay, but I feel like in so this case, she white is is just symbolic of marriage. Like wearing white is symbolic of marriage, right? She says, yeah. "I've never worn white, but I want to get it right." That's the chorus. So in that case, like, who cares if the dress if the dress was like light gray or whatever? Like you were married, but I mean, it's fine. It's just me being annoying as hell. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm i not a big Kate, Katy Perry fan. I like her old music, but she keeps releasing these one-off singles, and none of them are really grabbing me. I listen to each one all like, okay, maybe this is the one, and it's just not grabbing me. I think Never Really Over is a little catchy. That was her catchy. Last, like, good song. Hard as in Hawaii, I don't like. <laughs> yeah, no. Small Talk uh, wasn't very impressive. No. Um I'm like looking I still through go back the, and listen to Teenage Dream though. That's I'm going album. and looking at the singles that came out recently. Yeah, she's released a lot of one-off kind of waterfall singles. Um, mm. But either way, that's not even the biggest announcement. The biggest announcement is, is that, that she's pregnant. Is that she's pregnant, and she basically reveals it at the end of the Never Worn White music video, um, which is just so funny. I don't. This is also such a cynical thing, but like. I feel like I've seen for years people on the internet trolls being like, oh my God, like her last single flop for the next one, she needs to, you know, release it at the VMAs and also announce her pregnancy, like joking around (laughs) that that's the best way, that's the best way to get promo, free publicity or whatever. Right. And she actually did that. Feels like everyone's (laughs) pregnant lately. (laughs) Something in the air. I don't know. Springtime. I don't know. Mary Morris (laughs) is about to pop any day now. Oh yeah, this is true. Like, she announced um, a tour. Right. And she is eight months pregnant. Yeah, I mean, that's why Beyonce <laughs> dropped out of Coachella the first time. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Beyonce gave one of the greatest Grammy performances while ever she was while pregnant she was with pregnant twins. with twins. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Unmatched. Just anytime I can throw that into the conversation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's, like, pretty much it with the Katy Perry news. There's not more of music news. It's just personal news that she yeah. is getting married and having a baby. Um. So, yeah. But good for her. Congrats, Katie. Yeah. I don't really. I, like, <laughs> didn't know she was engaged. Didn't really yeah, care. I, didn't, I knew they were dating. I didn't know they were engaged. But Orlando whatever. Bloom's kind of irrelevant right now anyway. This is true. He hasn't really been in anything in a long time. Yep. Katy Perry's kind of-ish. I guess she has, like, niche fans. But I feel like her her She's best on, run. What, American Idol? Yeah. That's, like, where I feel like she probably is That's where her fans come face from. Time and yeah, I think like her. That. She did Bass in the early 2000s, and I think she the, did. the 2010s was her, yeah, yeah. was her uh, her time, and I think it has passed, unfortunately. I could do a whole podcast episode on Katy Perry, she, like her whole career. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, she like, started as a to church see, singer. Exactly, to see what. Because her dad's a pastor or something right. like that. Yeah. And how she basically called her first single, I kissed a girl just for shock value from her parents. Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. But yeah. that's for another episode. <laughs> All right. I think that that wraps up the conversation today. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff in. We did. Um, yeah. We were thanking everyone for our break last week. It was yeah. Nice. I was going to say, we appreciate you guys sticking with us while we took some time. Yeah. To have birthdays and have yeah, things to do. I mean, it's it's week 10 at Drexel out of 10. Yeah. 
Uh, we have busy, busy. <laughs> we have a busy time in our uh, spring term of our senior year is coming up. It's going fast. It's going fast Damn. towards yeah. the end of this project, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, but we, will, we still have big things coming before we do. then. We do, so and we still have tuned. a whole bunch of things we're doing before then. So, stay tuned and have a great week. Bye. What the what's next? Go and cash your bad checks. <laughs>